0: Hi, I'm Tyler Simone, and this is the Happily Self-Conscious Podcast, the show where it's cool to be self-conscious. As a personal development enthusiast, I love to learn how I can become better in all areas of life, and I want to share with you transformative tips and tricks to help you also become your best self. Together, we'll learn how we can become more self-conscious. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to episode number four. As always, thank you so much for being here for choosing to spend this time with me. I'm always so grateful. Can you believe that we are one month into this podcast? I can't. Time is really flying. It's summer. Summer's in full effect. I need to get to the beach as soon as possible. (laughs) But uh, other than that, what's been going on with me? So uh, two pretty major things. I've recently been exploring my relationship with drinking alcohol and it's been really interesting. If you follow me on Instagram at Miss Tyler Simone, you may have seen my post about taking some time off from drinking to just better understand why I drink, when I drink. Um, I initially stopped drinking in June, specifically June 14th and continued into July to take part in Dry July, which I didn't even know was a thing, but I I was already on a good roll. So I just I kept it going. I've taken breaks from alcohol in the past to see what effects it had on me. And I have nothing but good things to say about it. Really. I did have a drink a few weeks ago, and I have one here and there. But I will say that I feel more conscious of my drinking now. And I still want to kind of moderate it because of all the great effects that I've noticed when I'm taking these breaks. When I do my skin clears up, I have more clarity just in general, I get better sleep. I have a lot more energy. The list just goes on. I'm just going to kind of take it as I go and listen to my body when it comes to drinking because that seems to work pretty well. So if you just so happen to want to hear more about that topic, feel free to drop it in the podcast suggestion box down below because it's something I've been really interested in learning more about recently. So I would love to discuss with you at a later date. Other than that, another major thing that's happened for me is that I graduated from therapy, which I'm super excited about. So the way my therapy works with the coverage that I have is that you start treatment and there are goals that you and your therapist create for you in the very beginning that you work towards. And those are goals that are created depending on what you're struggling with. So to graduate for me definitely feels like I accomplished my goals that I set for myself and some. And I can say that I feel a lot different. I feel more confident, more focused, more of myself, and super excited about all the progress because it, it, it's it been quite the season. So... <laughs> If you're thinking about trying therapy, I 100% recommend it just to see if it's something that can help you. I know that some people say it isn't for everybody, but I do think that just having that space and that opportunity to talk about your issues out loud is so important because you may not ever have that opportunity depending on your situation. And it's not until you say certain things out loud that you realize what you've been holding on to. So yeah, that's um just a little insight into what's been going on with me. But today, I wanted to talk a little bit about worrying, anxiety, its effect on us, and how we can better use those feelings that those two things create to our advantage because after doing some reading, I found out that they can have a huge impact on our ability to execute on our goals, a bigger impact than I originally thought, to be honest. They can hold us back and we can actually channel anxiety to help us. I was eating that research up because I do have my anxious moments. And if there's something that I can do to turn it into a positive, I'm going to do it. You know, (laughs) I am currently reading this book, Emotional Intelligence, Why It Can Matter More Than IQ. And let me tell you, I now definitely believe that it does matter more. 100%. When it comes to our emotions, the goal is not to be happy all of the time, but the goal is to emotionally regulate, keep our distressing emotions in check because our emotions have the power to overwhelm concentration And logical thinking. According to Dr. Goleman, the author of Emotional Intelligence, that is the key to emotional well being. The different moods that we have on a daily basis is a part of life and it keeps things, you know, interesting. But it's when we have more distressing emotions than we have pleasant emotions that we are off balance. When really, extreme emotions last too long or cause behaviors that are maybe out of place due to fear worry or anxiety we can act out in ways that are harmful to us or to others that is why it's our job our full-time job to maintain a sense of balance and to be able to self-soothe during those distressing times that is emotional regulation are you an artist, a blogger, a content creator, or a business owner looking to convert leads or to connect on a more personal level with your customers in your community? Flowdesk is the email marketing tool for you. Flowdesk is the fastest growing email marketing platform that offers ready to use, beautifully designed email templates and landing pages to collect leads, build brand recognition, and manage campaigns easily. My favorite thing about the platform is the ability to create email email. email workflows that you can customize to send emails automatically. All you have to do is customize your emails one time in the order that you want them to be released to your email list, and that's it. It makes sending emails effortless, and they're super cute too. I currently use Flowdesk to send out helpful free downloadables for my audience to use featuring helpful self-growth tips. Subscriptions are normally $38 a month for unlimited email sends, subscribers, and access to all Flowdesk features, but you can get 50% off your first year with my code linked down below below in the show notes. Click the link to start sending eye-catching emails today that people will love with FlowDesk. Now, back to the show. Worry and anxiety seem to be two emotions that all of us feel from time to time, some more than others, and they can be pretty tough to navigate, I think. Worry and anxiety are emotional upsets that can cause emotional distress. When you are having an emotional upset, such as intrusive worrying thoughts or anxiety, your mental clarity is affected. You are unable to think straight. When our mind is full of intrusive worrisome thoughts, we lose the power to choose and make decisions, let alone make Good decisions, In Dr. Goldman's words, our worries overwhelm our reason in these situations. And you can thank our emotional brain for this. Unfortunately, we can all have the all the logic in the world, but sometimes our emotions can take over and send us down a complete spiral. The ability to emotionally regulate determines how well or how poorly people are able to use their other mental capacities so Emotional regulation is not only necessary, but it's imperative. We have to have that ability. So it's anxiety and sometimes worry that gets out of control and can sabotage our performance. So it's not that you don't know what you're doing or that you're unqualified or that you didn't study enough, but your mind might be crowded with worry and anxiety. When I was reading this, um, I was thinking, so while IQ assesses human intelligence, You mean to tell me that if your EQ, your emotional intelligence is not on point, then the IQ really doesn't matter? That's exactly what I was thinking. Emotions that are out of control will interfere with your intellect. And from what I've learned, it has the potential to do this often if you're not careful. When we spend our time worrying about what may or may not happen, worrying about whether we are doing something right, we are unable to make good decisions and sometimes we make no decision at all. We have the potential to stay stuck in this constant state of worrying unless we actively pull ourselves out. If not, we can remain stagnant, continuing to ruminate about unwanted results or events. I've learned that you cannot be a worrier and a problem-solver simultaneously. You can't worry about your partner's actions in a relationship and think about ways to improve the intimacy in that relationship. You can't worry about whether your new business idea is going to take off and have belief that it will. Whether you are looking to create a new product that doesn't exist, or you want to start a business, or you want to put a new spin on something that already exists, how would that be possible if you're having thoughts like, so many people are already doing that, what makes me different, what if no one wants to buy it, what if no one listens to my music? Those worrying thoughts restrict your creativity and the ability to think outside of the box. Your mental space is taken up with worry at that point. Quote, if we are preoccupied by worries that we're going to flunk the test we're taking, we have that much less attention to expend on figuring out the answers. Our worries become self-fulfilling prophecies propelling us toward the very disaster they predict. End quote. Tell me this doesn't sound like the law of attraction, right? If we are worried about doing badly on a project and therefore not using our time to do our best, doing the research, completing the tasks necessary, then how could we possibly do well? Without regulating the worry, stopping that cycle of emotions, we will attract the exact outcome we were worried about in the first place. And unfortunately, doing that might confirm to you negative beliefs you had about yourself to begin with. Being incapable of the job, not being ready for projects like this. And you certainly are capable, by the way. It's not unnatural to worry or to feel a little anxious at times. I know I definitely do. In fact, a little anxiousness is good. There is a such thing as anticipatory anxiety, actually, which can motivate you to prepare well for something, leading to good results. So it's not all bad. It's all about emotional competence, the ability to recognize, interpret, and respond constructively to emotions that we should practice. So if worries come and go and having a little bit of anxiety is normal, how can we manage it so that we can remain mentally clear, make good decisions and continue moving forward? According to Thomas Borkovec, a Pennsylvania State University psychologist who has studied worrying, the first step is self-awareness. Are we surprised? (laughs) I wasn't surprised at all. I had a feeling this would be the first step because, you know, self-awareness seems to be the very first step for a lot of different things. We have to get better at catching distressing emotions early on, as early as possible. As soon as you feel that sense of worry, it's time to explore it a little further because worrying is the heart of all anxiety and it is from worrying thoughts that more serious effects follow. Before worrying turns into chronic, repetitive worries, we wanna be aware that we are worrying. To stop ourselves from going down that dark, worry-filled hole, we have to be more aware of our personal anxiety triggers, the different thoughts that cause us to worry, and how anxiety feels in our body. It makes sense that being self-aware is the first step because in order to learn how to manage these feelings, we should know what causes them and what they feel like for us personally. And everyone is just so different. So it's a solo job. (laughs) Not only is it a full time job, but it's also a solo job. The second step in stopping an anxiety or worry spiral is to do a relaxation method that can be done on the spot. This is something that I think I can personally get better at. Doing my relaxation method right there on the spot and not waiting until things get crazy. They don't get too crazy, but... Well, I guess sometimes they do, right? I seem to know when I'm feeling a little anxious. So I am self-aware, which is a good start. I tend to feel a little all over the place. My shoulders tense up a little. And so stopping what I'm doing and deep breathing helps me in those moments to just take a step back and collect myself Other relaxation methods include meditation, yoga, and I really wish he would have gone into some of the other methods that he uses, but those are just a few that I could think of. So this next step I felt was super important when he mentioned it and it made perfect sense. And that is to challenge the worrisome thoughts that you're having. Without challenging those thoughts, the thoughts just continue. When we don't challenge the things that we worry about, those things that are oftentimes causing us to feel more and more anxious, we give worry a lot of power and allow it to drive the car, so to speak. Dr. Goldman says, when a worry is allowed to repeat over and over unchallenged, it gains in persuasive power, challenging it by contemplating a range of equally plausible points of view keeps the one worried thought from being naively taken as true. So to challenge your worrying thoughts is to say, I'm not going to just go with that thought, you know, especially if it's negative. Being able to think outside of worrisome thoughts is to look at something from various points of view. It's to ask, okay, is what I'm worried about true? Has this actually happened? Do I have proof that my idea isn't going to work? One thing I've started to do is ask myself, are these thoughts helping me? Because (laughs) most of the time they're just really not. And I really try my best to keep myself in the best mental state as I can. Worry can't really exist in an environment where it's being questioned. You know what it kind of reminds me of? How things like love and fear cannot coexist. You're either fully in love or you're in fear. You can kind of toggle between the two, but you can't be fully in love And have fear in your heart at the same time, it will damage the love. And it's similar with all of this. You may initially feel worried, but once you identify that that is happening and you start challenging those thoughts, you start to poke holes in that story you're telling yourself. Some people do have more severe situations where their worrying becomes more of a phobia. And in those cases, there are other ways to go about stopping that worrying spiral. But for the everyday worrier, hopefully those tips will help you go from warrior to a warrior. The biggest thing I realized while preparing this episode is that we have to gain control over the things we worry about. So it's not just about controlling our thoughts. While that is super duper important, but it's so helpful to know what triggers worry within you, what it feels like in your body when you begin to worry, and how you can better deal with those tough emotions when they come up. Because the anxiety spiral has the potential to stop us from becoming who we're trying to be. And in my opinion, Can unfortunately be a form of self sabotage if we allow those more stressful emotions to run wild. We can't control the things outside of us, but we can press on the brakes when things are getting too out of control. Let's touch on anxiety for a second. How can we turn anxiety into something positive in our daily lives? How can we turn it into an advantage and not look at it as such a disadvantage or something to be handled? Well, maybe we could reframe the way we see it. Instead of seeing ourselves as anxious, reframe it as excitement instead. Allow the anxiety to motivate you instead of hold you back or make you feel small. I don't know if you feel like this when you're anxious, but when I'm anxious, I feel a lot of energy in my body and it can feel like I just (laughs) want to burst. Like there's just so much energy in there. And because of that, I'm trying to hold it in and that just makes me more anxious. So I've started to just allow myself to feel excited and to let that energy show in my smile and in my body language and not keep all that energy inside. Something else you can do during those anxious times is use the anxious feelings you're feeling as motivation to get something done. According to Psychology Today, anxiety can produce a desire to do something. I would imagine that this is, of course, before it gets too out of hand or unmanageable, we can use it as a final push to propel us toward our goals, even if it's just one step closer. And one last thing you could do is instead of being anxious about all of the things that could go wrong, what about all of the things that could go right? This kind of falls along the same lines as turning your anxiety into excitement, spinning anxiety on its head and being more interested in what good could come from whatever it is that you're doing is really helpful Okay, so before we go, I do have a quote for you. This one is from Roy T. Bennett. If you want to be happy, do not dwell in the past. Do not worry about the future. Focus on fully living in the present. If you can leave a review about what you thought about this episode, it will help the show reach others like you and I who are interested in learning more about how they can become their best selves. And you can always click the link in the show notes to make a submission to the podcast suggestion box to let me know of other topics you'd like to hear more about. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to click the follow button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you see another one on the list that you think looks interesting, take a listen or just download it for later. I'll see you next time.